0: This is the Busted Open Podcast.
2: You can listen to the full show Monday through Saturday from 9 a.m. to noon Eastern on Sirius XM Fight Nation Channel 156. Yo, what's going on, everybody? Welcome to the Busted Open Podcast. Today, the return of the fat and the furious. That's right, it's me, Bully Ray, and my tag team partner, the innovator of violence, tommy dreamer loaded show for you coming off of impact rebellion and kenny omega the belt collector now your impact world heavyweight champion what does this mean for impact wrestling and how often will we see the impact world championship defended also the roddy piper documentary on a I absolutely loved it and today dreamer tells me a story that I never, ever knew. Me and the guy's been friends for 35 years and I learned something new and you're gonna hear about it today right here on the Busted Open Podcast. Thanks for tuning in. Last night, obviously, big pay-per-view for Impact Wrestling, Uh, Rebellion. Uh, Saw a lot of good stuff on social media about the show. Uh, It was trending, I think, uh, number one, um, if not number one number three for the for most of the night and it was up against i guess the oscars last night
3: yep oscar was on
2: oscar was that oscar madison yep remember oscar madison i like oscar madison i think you'd be the oscar madison between you and dave you would be the oscar madison without a doubt because dave would definitely be the felix hunger <laughs> oh yeah uh, you'd, so be Murray, you'd be I'd,
3: Murray the cop
2: i be Murray the cop, exactly Yes, um, I know the whole Trending thing is a big deal to you And I think it's a big deal to impact Wrestling these days So it was trending high uh, I guess I'll just ask you right off the bat Why is the trending um, uh, Aspect Of any particular show So important to impact these days
3: Well, it's a way To one, gauge how many people are watching the current show, which if you're trending three worldwide and two worldwide up against the Oscars, and yes, it's unopposed, but the Oscars are, are a big night. Um, that means, hey, hopefully this translates to buy rates and a lot of people are talking about the show. And then it also helps with, you know, um, advertisements with, you know, on social media, from, you know, Facebook to Twitter to Instagram, there's a big trickle down effect where a lot of times you see these little movies before, you know, whatever tweets going to come up. But it's important when that happens, just because, you know, uh, with impact and access television, not a lot of people get access television. So when you're trending, it means a lot of people are watching and talking about it, which is what you if you're holding an event is what you want people to do and you can't have fans in attendance, you want to have them watching it on, you know, pay-per-view or just talking about it.
2: Would you say that uh, the trend social media wise is more important to impact than let's say a traditional rating?
3: Well, I mean, Tony Khan explained it the best when we talk about ratings, it kind of, you know, ratings are, The key when, especially when you want to get paid by a network for your programming in Impact's world, they're owned by the network. So then it goes to ad revenue, all that stuff. But it's it's different to look at it like, you know, let's say Peacock just paid, you know, WWE a billion dollars for their programming. Or, you know, now that they're talking about whenever the new TV rights deal is coming up, You know Fox. They they landed it for what five years, Um, but I guess it's coming up with the USA Network. That's where they kind of, I guess they're going with uh, Nick Khan to try to take it, so they get another big boost in revenue when their TV deals are up. So I mean ratings, ratings. As I'm not a big proponent of it, just because they're such a skewed system and could be improved, but. When you want networks to pay for your programming and to continue to pay for your programming, the higher you skew ratings-wise, like you know, AEW is you know doing phenomenal on opposed, NXT is doing way better on opposed, and then you hit all your demos. Those are the important things that you're looking for.
2: Uh, just stepping away from uh, ratings and trending for a second, to getting back to the actual pay-per-view, which was Impact Rebellion. Um, we have a new impact world heavyweight champion uh his name is the belt collector kenny omega so tommy as an impact guy right now uh and you've been an impact guy now i think for close to maybe four or five straight years how do you feel personally and professionally about Kenny Omega, the an AEW contracted guy, now representing Impact Wrestling and being your World Heavyweight Champion.
3: Uh, double edged sword. The listen, it's I Kenny Omega has been proven with pay per views and buy rates, all that stuff. Um, as I say said on a lot of the pre show, I did feel that this relationship has been one sided, and now if you look at it uh Kenny is is not only the impact there's one world champion uh basically in between AEW impact wrestling he does hold the title also for AAA but now there's it delivered on its promise and it's funny because you had going into this even the day of the show even you know moments before the show everyone's just like oh there's two referees they're going to screw the people oh it's going to be typical Impact Wrestling, no decision, no this, no that. There was no wonkiness. There was no stopping the match due to blood, this. There was a clean finish. So we have one champion. So they delivered again on their promise. Both Tony Khan and Scott DeMora said there would be one champion coming out of this, which now that means that Kenny Omega will be wrestling Wednesday nights and Kenny Omega will be wrestling on Thursday nights for Impact Wrestling. Hopefully we see some more crossover hopefully he brings all those titles uh to television on Wednesday don't know because then there's things that are above my pay grade where you talk about networks and why would they have another champion uh being on their network and acknowledging it though they have done it with like the woman's title with Serena when she had the NWA title so uh has it paid off? I think it'll pay off in buy rates. And I mean, I know social media numbers are up. So, I mean, those are the good things when, when you deal with those, those things, there hasn't been like how we dealt with it with, you know, uh, back in the day with ECW, WWE, where it's all politics and things all fall apart. And, you know, Dave and I have also talked about, you know, uh, when the UWF was merging with, uh, NWA, WCW, then they just kind of ate all the the IPs up. And, you know, we were part of it with the Alliance when they owned WCW. If You know, they could have done a lot of bigger things, but it was uh, a lot of egos getting in the way. So hopefully that hasn't happened yet. And hopefully it will continue because, I mean, the fans got to see an amazing matchup between Rich Swan and Kenny Omega. And, you know, the other aspect of it, too, is like Uh, And this is what we had when we had Scott Demore on, you know, the New Japan uh, Finn Juice, they're contracted to New Japan and they're still the Impact World Tag Team champions. They ran into a problem with not having the titles being defended on television because they were out in Japan with those titles. But uh, Gallows and Anderson didn't get the job done last night. So those titles have not Uh, They're still in the hands of Finn Juice, who are a very, very good tag team. And we'll see uh, how long that happens. So there's a lot of relationships uh, being massaged uh, on both sides. You said that we'd
2: see Kenny wrestling on Thursday nights. Are you saying that we're going to get to see Kenny Omega actually wrestling on Impact Wrestling, defending the Impact World Championship on Thursday nights? Are you saying that we're at least going to get to see him once every Thursday in some capacity? What do you think, uh, what is the future of hold for how long Kenny Omega will appear on Impact Television?
3: Uh, as long as he's the champion, he will be appearing every week. You know, it's kind of it was the same deal that Tony Khan when he came on said, "Of hey, if Rich Swan wins the title, uh, Rich Swan will be defending the AEW title every Wednesday night." So, I mean, there was a lot of stakes going. Uh, part of this, it, it was, it really was a historic matchup. We haven't seen. I guess it was Super Clash three between Jerry Lawler and. Kerry Von Erich, the last time we had a legit unified champion, it all fell apart within a month (laughs) over there. But with this, yeah, Kenny's going to be part. He's at the tapings today. Um, So that's what they're at.
2: Uh, Last night watching the match, i know that swan's got one hell of a story a uh, one hell of a comeback story with his leg and everything that he went through just to get to that match was a huge deal as the match progressed it almost seemed like swan was running out of gas tommy i don't know if you saw that it seemed like kenny i don't i don't want to i don't think that kenny has that extra gear like a kurt angle does but kenny definitely uh was as ready to go in the last minute of the match as he was in the first minute of the match and and i saw swan sucking some gas did you see that too um i know he was on the show with us talking about upping his cardio and being ready for it um what did you notice about the match uh, and what was your opinion about the entire match
3: my opinion was it delivered uh to what it was supposed to be one hell of a wrestling match there was a lot of injuries coming out of uh rebellion i think uh he may have gotten injured possibly his neck and there's a lot of uh lot of lot of talent were very very banged up after last night because of course there was a lot of eyes on the prize and, and listen man i've seen i've wrestled rich i've seen rich uh do things where i physically don't know how a per- how a person can do the things that he can do when it is hard. Yes, there was, there's also the pressure. There was, you know, all the wrestlers out there kind of cheering him on. Uh, Yeah, man, you could have been gassed. I don't know. But if you uh, think about it, it's a very, very, probably one of the biggest matches of his career. And just because he lost, does it mean, you know, he, He lost in the sense of, you know, he put on a valiant fight. And, hey, Kenny was the better man. And now we have a new era in uh, Kenny Omega.
2: We always talk about the go-over versus the get-over. In losing last night, do you think Rich Swan got himself over? Are people looking at him differently this morning than they did yesterday?
3: Reading about how it was, I think if he would have won – 1,000% 1000% would have been a much bigger star. I think now that he has lost a lot of people saw his greatness. I think when his contract is up, he'll have a lot more leverage to either maybe go to AEW, maybe stay in Impact or, you know, maybe even go back to WWE because I mean, he, he was on a very very fast track for WWE as well. And who knows what uh, the future. So I think he did up his stock as a performer because it was one hell of a match.
0: Do you want a beautiful lawn?
2: Did you have overall thoughts on Morrow at the announce desk? How do you think he worked with Stryker and Delo? And do you think he outshined them at times? Or was that the job for him last night?
3: That was, I mean, the job for him to come in. He was coming in to call the main event. He brings an energy level that has been never, I feel, seen before in professional wrestling. And, you know, you and I have worked with some of the best, if not the best. And for Morrow to come in, he came in and do exactly what he was supposed to do. It was this historic match. He's calling it the way he does it. I know, you know, D'Lo is just going to probably lay out at times because Morrow can, you know, he's been doing this for his entire, you know, existence in professional wrestling. Uh, Stryker is very, very good. Uh, He also does his homework. He talks to the talent, you know, seeing if they want to get anything in or he also is, a bit of a historian. So, and he adds that Stryker's a very, very good host as well as a good, hey, an ex wrestler who played the game, which is rare for that role because normally it's someone who's not uh, an ex wrestler. Um, he brings, Morrow brings this energy level and this excitement. If some people would say that it was too much, I would disagree because compared to an NXT, Takeover that he's called. This was just to come in, and yes, it's to blow your socks off for the one match. And you know, he definitely lends credibility, kind of you know what Jim Ross does to AEW. When Jim Ross came in, you know, for AEW, Jim Ross lends that credibility for the voice of professional wrestling for the longest time. And you know, Morrow does the same for an actual in-ring match, and he did his homework. He knew all the uh, competitors. He knew their moves as well as, you know, he has a lot of really, really good uh, liners. The one about like, you know, he asked Siri, how do you beat Kenny Omega and Siri doesn't have an answer. Stuff like that is a uh, very, very topical. And a lot of gets a lot of people talking into it because, and he says it without missing a beat.
2: Yeah. Uh- him doing his homework i really like the way you put that because i can definitely hear the fact that striker did his homework and it was uh it was a pleasure to listen to him do what he does last night um with regard to the whole show <clears throat> damn it the frog in my freaking throat i hate it um with regard to the entire show, I know you're a part of the creative process there at times, Tommy. Um, it could be any match on the card. It could be any story, any pre-tape, any promo. Did the did the entire show, or maybe we should just keep it at the main event, go the way you would have liked to have seen it gone? Did you have any um, other ideas, or would you have done things differently?
3: No, I mean, the the show, everything kind of went off. Barring injuries and what happens after uh, the show, but like, let's we'll use uh, Big Kaz William Morrissey uh, for an example, with Eric Young uh, completely tearing his ACL. And you saw the match happened on Thursday. So, really wasn't like we could fix what happened because to be honest, he actually tore his ACL that entire loop and wrestled in. Hardcore justice, wrestled TVs, and then wrestled uh, with a completely torn ACL. You know, he put up a really nice thing on his own social media uh, about, you know, having surgery and being out six to nine months and also putting on this amazing performance against Eddie Edwards. So normally when you have that much time to, hey, one of our guys, you know, what are we going to do? But they just kind of went with the fact of, hey, we're going to try to fill in this spot and there's a new spot that opened up and big Cass is the one uh, who stepped up he looked great and they gave him an opportunity and he answered the call so when you you think of stuff like that um, the new knockouts tag champions jazz having a nice comeback after having to retire and you know a nice way to get her back on the field just to say like, you know, hey, thanks again for the memories. These are the team that I'm gonna help, you know, uh, she kind of handpicked Rachel Ellering to come in and be Jordan's partner because Jordan had picked jazz as her partner. So a lot of nice uh, wrap up a lot of storylines and then where you're gonna go from uh, this afterwards. And you know this is hey it's a it's a very, very interesting time, like I said, because you have Kenny Omega as your new champion and uh, me personally i'm I'm a big fan of Josh Alexander and uh, he reminds me of Kurt Angle and if you can go and watch TjP versus, josh alexander it's probably one of the better wrestling matches pure wrestling matches you'll see it aired uh this past thursday if you're an independent wrestler you should go out there and find it to study it but i expect uh big things coming from josh this is a uh i feel the first in many titles for him because man every the guy just does not have bad matches and you know he came from a tag team his tag team partner left and now he's emerging as a single star And I, you know, he, the guy, he also shows something that I don't think he had because his partner had such a large personality, but he's showing such a personality in his promos as well. And he's one of those, I get over with my wrestling and then I could also back it up with my words. So coming out of a rebellion, look for a lot of good things to happen with, uh, for Josh.
2: Uh you mentioned the return of big Cass. He was on with Dave and Mark last Friday. It was great to have him back um He looked great. I hope he's in as good mental condition as he is physical condition uh his story- you know everybody likes the story of a comeback. everybody loves the story of redemption um on a personal level, I really hope he's in a good spot um, with big Kaz showing up last night. Do you think Enzo is far behind?
3: I'm a big Enzo fan, just like you are. I think he has a ton of personality and charisma with uh big cast. I think for now, they're just uh, it's going to be him for now and we'll see where it takes him. You know, it's, it's a getting to know your relationship. He actually won his match for the team and, you know, part of when you're writing compelling slash creative television to get people to tune in, why is this guy here? You know, he's, he was handpicked by uh, Eric young and impact management. So that kind of, he's not part of violent by design. It was just Eric wanted to get the job done, that type of situation. And for a lot of people, how a lot of this comes down, he was on an independent show that Doc Gallows ran, and Scott Demore was there. And Scott really not knowing him, and he was like, man, he looked great, and his work was pretty damn good. And he was in shape, came ready to work, and that's kind of how the ball started rolling. So when you are handed an opportunity, you uh, get the ball – I feel he scored a touchdown last night and hopefully he continues. And like you said, you know, you you worked with him exclusively when you were in WWE and you know you like them a lot. And I don't know about uh Enzo. I would I would welcome it because I think he's got a boatload of personality, but I think for now it's gonna be big cast and we'll see where he goes
4: hey everyone this is lisa ann and i'm here to tell you about my new podcast the lisa ann experience this is my chance to share with you my experiences past and present including how i went from living in the fantasy world of adult films to talking fantasy sports on sirius xm each week i'll introduce you to some of the people i've met on my journey and invite friends on to help me read through the endless ridiculousness that lands in my inbox
2: New episodes are available every Wednesday on the SiriusXM app and Apple Podcasts. I, mean, I think last night was kind of predictable. Uh, actually, I'll get rid of the word kinda. It was predictable. I mean, that's, you know, what everybody kind of knew was going to happen. I would have liked to have seen them go in a completely different direction. What about you?
3: Either way, um, if Rich would have won, what a great story I would have told. If you there was not a lot of mention on AEW programming of this match. So that could have been a telltale sign to say, Hey, we're banking on all our uh, chips to be with Kenny Omega. Um, what comes out of this will be, I feel more intriguing because impact needs to get their world title back home to impact, to a contracted impact wrestler. Cause I, I, have to stress this enough. Like literally, when I tell you the Kenny Omega is not under contract with uh Impact Wrestling. I don't even know if he gets paid to wrestle uh, on an Impact Wrestling show. So same with uh Fin Juice. They're under contract with New Japan Pro Wrestling. They're the current tag team champions. Eventually you got to get your titles back home. How you do that, how that's the intriguing part. It's for to see, and then there's other pay-per-views coming up. I mean, when you're talking about professional wrestling and, you know, mainly we always talk about WWE and AEW, but there's all these different pay-per-views or with Impact, there's Impact Plus specials. Everything is to just try, try to keep getting people to continually to watch the product. And the fallout from Rebellion, there's a new champion. And what's that champion going to do? What's he going to say? Hopefully, you'll hear you'll hear about it on uh, Wednesday in AEW. But you know we're definitely going to hear about it on Thursday.
2: You talked about little things like no advertising for this match on AEW or very little advertising. There was a commercial spot for it last week on uh, dynamite but other than that i really didn't see anything what i found really interesting last night from rebellion was the rebellion logo think about the rebellion logo tommy from last night that was uh on the uh on the tron so the hard camera is shooting the rebellion logo did you notice the little symbol right below the rebellion logo No, there was a little symbol that looked like a half circle with two little lines coming out of each end of the half circle. Did you notice it? No, that symbol in the Greek alphabet is the Omega. Hmm. So Kenny's Omega symbol was below the rebellion logo, which I I think kind of speaks volumes for where they were going last night. Um, I would have done something completely different. Tommy, tell me why you couldn't have did this. Why couldn't Rich Swann have gone over last night, which would have been complete shock and awe, and everybody would have been talking about it, and then on your next live Dynamite or your next pay-per-view, you book the return match, and Kenny Omega beats him for all the championships.
3: Uh, you could do a lot of things.
2: Um, no, no, no! Don't talk. You're about to talk in circles. Tell me why you can't. I'm not do that talking idea. in
1: circles.
3: I'm trying to tell you. I'm sure that there is other factors that go into this. Again, we're talking about different networks. We're talking about. Do you think TNT really cares about what goes on in access television? Do you think that, you know, if this happened, like how much cross promotion would you have between the USA Network and a TNT uh, to that level? Like, there's so many different factors going behind this. And when we're talking about history, you know, this was pitched by Don Callis because Kenny Omega is the perfect person because he's the belt collector. And this helps impact. This helps AEW. Um, He's, I'm sure, going to show up on television with all those titles. But, I mean, there's a lot, like, of things that I don't know what they're going to do. I could talk about from the impact standpoint, but I can't talk about from AEW because it's also like, why would you talk about um, certain things? And even when Tony Khan came on the show, now that the shows are, he stopped buying airtime. Why? Because he was using it to help promote his, uh, he would use our show on Tuesdays to help promote a show on Wednesdays. Now the show airs on Wednesdays. We air after it. He's like, I don't think I'm going to be doing that anymore. So he just comes on Busted Open every Wednesday at
2: 11.30. But I'm still trying to find where impact is truly benefiting from this relationship it's it it seemed to be a bit one-sided yes kenny showed up last night yes now the impact world championship or both of those championships i don't even know why the tna strap is still around in my opinion just get rid of it um now the impact championship will be um uh seen on television but wouldn't have felt like good business to have Rich Swan showing up and having and Kenny winning that championship back, what I'm saying to you is, I know my idea is not a bad idea. Do you think my idea was something that would have never have been considered because of these intangibles you're talking about?
3: I I would say that I would just it's when you have when you're dealing with um, certain behind the scenes. I guess, can anything work? Absolutely, dude. But it's just, there's things that just won't happen because of the simple fact that they just won't happen. Um, do you do you feel right now there might be too much
2: politics going on?
3: No, because it, it, it'll work out. And Tony is not a political person. Uh, I feel for the landscape of professional wrestling. Uh, it worked could your idea work? Hell yeah. But does not mean that, you know, when you have, it would literally be, Hey, this guy who's never been on our show uh, before is now our new champion. And if you're pulling consistent numbers with a Kenny Omega, and then all of a sudden you have this new guy and Oh yeah, this new guy works for another company that's on another network on another night. Um, how is this going to play into your dealings with a whole new, I don't want to say uh, a whole new fan base, but I mean, we, we taken callers. Hey, yeah, I watched the show. I like the show. The one kid, the only reason why he watched it was because of Kenny Omega in the main event. Did it attract a lot of eyes? Yes. Who's getting those pay-per-view revenue? Probably Impact Wrestling, not AEW.
2: Well, my suggestion was a very short-term thing that would have shocked the wrestling community on social media, which it seems like is a very big deal to Impact and to AEW. You immediately book the return on television because now you get to see Rich Swan and that Impact Championship on television. You get to see the match, which more people will see on dynamite than they would have seen last night and you get more people seeing kenny omega winning that impact championship it seems like a win-win-win across the board but what do i know i talk to dave lagreca three times a week
0: do you want a beautiful lawn
2: I watched the Piper Doc after Rebellion last night, and man, I loved it. Like when when pro wrest pro wrestling doesn't move me anymore. So when pro wrestling can move me, and when I say move me, I mean emotionally, I it's 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 wonderful to me. And they they were recapping what went on in '84 with Captain Lou and his relationship with Cindy Lauper and how Vince saw money in it, how Hogan vault got involved and then how they needed the antagonist. And there was no better antagonist than Roddy Piper and how this all came together and watching the angle that they shot in the garden with chaos, cops, a mini riot and 20,000 people standing on their feet because they had no clue what was going on and they were so mad at Piper for ruining it and then Orndorff out there and Cowboy Bob out there. It's all about emotion. There was no wrestling moves. People were just swinging and punching and kicking and Piper kicked Cindy Lauper. And just, it's a fever pitch of emotion. And as I'm watching it, I'm going, this is what it's all about, people. This right here. Yeah, I get it. Things evolve. But you should never lose the foundation of what you are. And in pro wrestling, the foundation of what we are is raw emotion that characters can bring to the ring. Not moves that are brought to the ring. And Tommy, I I legitimately, and I said it before we went on the air today, and I know people are not going to like that I say this, but I don't give a shit. I said, after watching the Piper documentary last night is why I hate wrestling today. Because I don't get that raw emotion anymore. I get it in bits and pieces if i happen to get the right guy in the ring with the right guy and there's a small flare-up of it but for the most part i really don't get it so for you and anybody out there who did not see um the piper doc on a please watch it And i thoroughly agree with you on the stone cold one um good good stuff were you a, were you a piper fan i would imagine you were
3: I hated Piper because he was a bad guy. I was there that night, Bubba, in the garden. And no. Yeah. I was I didn't know that. Yeah, man. And it was nuts. It was it was totally crazy. And you also you hear the story that none of the cops were buzzed that this was like going down. So they all just reacting the way it was supposed to be. And you know, you and I have been in that insane, we couldn't call it controlled violence, but I remember Just, you know, they never tipped their hand about Mr. T being there and, like, all the people were just, like, buzzing. And, and, I mean, the Garden was the place to be. I remember Danny DeVito being there. Uh, It was just this such the the ticket rolling into, you know, WrestleMania. But it was just – it was pure chaos and insanity. And just, yes, it was like everyone wanted to kill – roddy and you know for you i can understand that the the disconnect especially right now cuz the one key element uh is for yes and you're a guy who loves to get heat but it's that fan interaction it's that fan response where you're literally seeing the people wanting to hurt you or fight you and throw stuff at you uh you know shane douglas and i were talking about that like he was like the one time i was scared he goes, and I was scared because I saw your face because we knew stuff was going down when he, sh- he was talking about when he shook the halo of Gary Wolf. And he goes, Oof. I couldn't see it because I was running forward, but it was like this sea of people converging on me, and I knew I was the target of a th- like a thousand people, and I was just like run to to me, and then like I we fought in the back, but it was punching him and came, just so he could get the hell out of dodge to save his to save his life. And it was this sea of zombies that was closing in. And whenever like I watch the walking dead or there's, they're all in this insane scene where all these people are trying to fight. Like I'll have flashbacks. of like, this is the realest stuff because I have been a part of where people thank God they didn't want to kill me, but I've been the baby face that they've wanted to kill that person for. And for that night with Roddy, it was nuts, dude. It was, there was hatred. And he fed off that hatred.
2: Hatred. Love that word. Love it. Because to get hatred, it's all about love and hate. And if you can get that hatred, uh, it's only going to make the other guy be loved more. The part of the doc that I love, you just brought it up. Uh, Hogan was on and they talked about not smartening up the cops which, you know, just makes me like, like oh, oh, you didn't smarten up the cops. Like, I'm salivating. I'm loving this because, you know, I don't like to smarten up anybody. If, if I don't have to smarten up my opponent, I won't even smarten up him. um But to not smarten up the cops, now you have New York City cops acting as if this is 100% legit and now fans are seeing the cops like so you know what tommy i want to take a break because i want to know where you were sitting that night and i want to try to get back into your mind about your vantage point at what it felt like to be there so let's take a quick break we're back here on uh busted hope in the fat and the furious with tommy dreamer and bully ray you sitting that night
3: if you look where mr t was probably over his right shoulder going up to the second uh second tier wasn't the best seats that night but i remember just being a part of the garden and watching it and did not know he was there up until he was pointed out in that promo segment. And then I just remember everybody like kind of like standing up and like watching. And then it just like all this insane chaos debuted. I normally would sit uh, where the wrestlers would walk out from the original, like that generations uh, entrances and the best seats I ever had were right on. I used to like to be on the incline and it was right before uh, maybe like two rows up as the wrestlers would walk out and uh, like I'd always kind of either reach over to try to like get handshakes or, you know, yell at the dudes when they did it. And uh, those are like one of my favorite seats. When I saw a Hogan Savage lumberjack match where George Steele tripped Savage and then Hogan hit him with the leg drop. Those are my, those are normally where I sat. But for this time, it was kind of way kind of up and diagonally to the, to the right of Mr. T.
2: So you're there for the angle in the garden with Cindy Lauper and Roddy Piper. You were there in the garden for for Snuka off the top of the cage on Morocco as I was as Guido was as Mick Foley was. Can you describe the difference? Was there was there more of a fever pitch in the garden for the Roddy? angle than snooker going off because snooker going off at to the top of the cage is that like crescendo of a moment. Like you see it coming. You didn't see the angle with Roddy coming in the garden. So can you kind of describe what it was like there from your vantage point?
3: Uh, a lot of newer fans don't understand this, but when, you know, gorilla monsoon, you say you could cut the intensity with a knife, when it all starts to go down and they're goading Mr. T to, you all this stuff you did have the shock value when he busted the thing over captain lou and of course captain lou starts bleeding but when here came mr t it was like excitement but like oh my god because like how is this going to happen mr t was the biggest star in the world and then when it all went down like when you literally have people one if you get people just to start to stand to watch stuff and then When people are so angry, they just start throwing stuff because you're so pissed off at what happens. That's just like a natural reaction where you're just like, oh, I hate you so much. Whatever is in my hand, I want to hurt that person with. And that was what it was, where it was just like, this is now getting to an unsafe point where you could be watching. And I was, if it was 83, you said, or 84, I was 13 So, you know, I'm still there with my dad and he then wants to be more protective and like, hey, I don't want to be in Madison Square Garden when there's a riot. But that that type of scenario where it's this is going to get bad and ugly real quick, even with police there.
2: One of the when you see mr t go to get in the ring he looks very hesitant he keeps looking down he looks nervous he see it didn't look like he wanted to get in that's the only part that that was weird to me mr t here he comes to save the day now he looks nervous about getting in the ring with piper and orndorff and then he gets beat down immediately
3: probably because he didn't know what to expect it was a different business and, you know, a different Love era. It. And you also don't know if. Yeah, but know, he wasn't they... even smart to that. You never know. Who the hell knows? I,
2: I, I just. I, the, um, we'll get him on. We'll ask Hulk. Get, get get Hulk on the phone. Ed, Get him on the phone right now. In the next two minutes of the show. Get Hulk Hogan on the phone. You got to talk to him.
3: I'll call but him Yes, right he now. did. I'll, I remember I'll he did feel very, very trepidatious. <laughs> like it felt like. What is he doing? Does he not want to do this? He was also there going to fight three dudes, you know, and then, you know, when Hogan came in, it was don't know if he was totally smartened up either. And also, you I know- mean, you, you've been in situations where, you know, hey, you know, something's going to go on, but you really don't know what's going to go on. And it's just time to react when you feel the time to react.
2: I can use. Uh, a bunch of the the situations that I was in to to back up what I what I saw and but I, I I won't do that. I I think after watching last night and I'm sure there's other examples out there, but that was a reminder of what heat looks like in its purest form. I mean I know Hogan dropping the leg and turning and going with the NWO. But there was felt something so different about watching that angle in the garden again last night. And I think the part is nobody being smartened up. Only the key players, and if only the key players mm, are smartened up, they can kind of dictate what's going to go on out there. Thanks for listening. Catch us Monday through Saturday on Busted Open from 9
1: a.m. to noon Eastern on SiriusXM. Fight Nation, Channel 156, the Busted Open Podcast. Busted Open is part of the Sirius XM Podcast Network. The executive producer is Ed Robinson. The associate producer is Gabby Laspisa. Andy King is the director of sports podcasting for Sirius XM. Special thanks to Sirius XM Senior Vice President of Sports Programming and Podcasting, the legendary Steve Cohen, and Sirius XM Fight Nation Program Director, Marissa Rivas. Sirius XM Podcasts.